When we gather for the Eucharist and we hear the words of God from the Old Testament or New Testament and the Gospel, the Lord is always speaking to us. He's speaking to our hearts. Even if we have heard the readings before, all of us have heard of the of Peter walking on water during the storm. We have heard these readings, and yet each time we gather, it is the Lord who is speaking to our hearts. Wherever we are, we find ourselves, whatever situation we find ourselves, the Lord is speaking to our heart. So if we're to look at the book from Prophet Jeremiah, what is the Lord saying to us today? First of all, the Lord speaks to his, to his own people, the Hebrew, the people of God, and yet he's speaking to all of us. And what is Jeremiah saying, words from the Lord? First of all, he speaks of very con in a very concrete way. Sins bring about, about, bring about problems, difficulties. Sins bring all kinds of destructive power and poisonous power into our lives. Sin is not something that we can just set aside and say, okay, well, it's just a type of weakness which may be, but nonetheless, sin brings consequences. And this is why the Lord speaks so in such a powerful way through Jeremiah, to not only to the people of God at that time, you know, 2,500 years ago, but also speaking to us. Consequences of sin. Write all the words I have spoken to you in a book. Incurable is your wound. Grievous your bruise. Sin brings upon us type of wounds that we sometimes we are not able to remove from us. Grievous is your bruise. There's none to plead your cause, no remedy for your running sore, no healing for you. And then the image of being forgotten. All those who cared for you, all your lovers have forgotten you. They do not seek you. And the Lord says, I struck you as an enemy would strike, punish you cruelly. Why cry out over your wound? Your pain is without relief. I know the imagery here is very powerful, but the imagery actually is true. In many ways, sometimes we kind of fall off the track and kind of continue for maybe sometimes longer periods, sometimes even for years, sometimes for many, many years, even decades. We just can't get, it, get back on track. But the thing is that each sin brings upon destructive power. So our awareness of God is reduced. We don't pray. Uh, the relationships don't seem to be working. You know, we know people, what happens, you know, any type of betrayals of a husband or wife. And we know what takes place, ends up in bitter divorce, consequences there. We see what happens even in a political realm, social realm, when people are divided. They're willing to do almost anything to hurt, wound, destroy each other. These are the consequences of sin. Sin divides us. Sin is a reality which, which has very destructive power. Because of your numerous sins, I have done this. Because that's how God made us. He created this world with principles with, with laws, laws of nature, but laws of also moral life, that, that we're not able to just do anything and say, okay, everything is fine. You know, that God created this world just like we cannot disrespect laws of nature. 
If I throw a rock above my head and I don't move it, it's going to hit my head. That's predictable. There's, no, there's nothing you can do. If a young guy who loves to ride, drive cars and he's really speeding and there's a very sharp turn, he's going to end up in a ditch or on a tree. Not possible. Because those are those laws of nature and, and we have to obey those laws of nature. We think that we can do things. But there's also laws of nature and, 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 and which people do not respect. And that's what happens. You know, they get hurt, wounded. That's part of that, that, that world which God made. But God also made laws of moral life. The Ten Commandments are not just there to, just kind, of, to be kind of disregarded because the consequences of moral life are also there. And this is what the Lord speaks through Jeremiah, is that there's consequences to our moral life when we disrespect God's commandments. And, and we get hurt, and we hurt each other. So it's not, you know, with a lying or cheating or whatever it is, or you know, any forms of greed, any type of disrespect, you know, uh, hurting, killing one another, in a sense, not just physical, but also killing, killing their good name and disrespecting or, or using drugs that kill us. The consequences are there. All those things, they have consequences, and this is what the Lord is revealing to us, things that, you know, that, that we would know because he loves us. Now, but there's a second aspect to the book of Jeremiah today, is the Lord knows we are, and the Lord knows that we are weakness. The Lord knows that, that we are sinful. And so then he promises that he will restore us. I, I will restore the tents of Jacob, his dwellings I will pity. City shall be rebuilt upon hill and palace restored as it was. I will restore that which you have lost through your sin. If you turn back to me, if you turn back and repent, turn back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, we take, we express our sadness and sorrow to one another. I'm sorry the way it happened, the way I have acted and because it, it's possible to restore, and God will give us the grace. This is where his mercy comes. The justice, because of the consequences, have concrete consequences, but there's also the gift of his mercy, the gift of his love, and he will restore, and he will allow us to not only come back where we were, but, but the, the principle of mercy is that, that even though that what we have lost through sin, Mercy comes and even raises us to a higher level of where we were. This is how gracious God is. Not only does he forgive, but restores, and then even raises us to a higher level of relationship. That, that is part of, of his mercy. And today, I have to say that the gospel shows us an incredible sort of imagery of how God, in his mercy especially, his mercy manifested through his son, is so visible. So what do we have? Here we have a gospel. First of all, we, we know that yesterday's gospel, when we read, we see that Jesus was moved very much by the death of John the Baptist. He went to pray. He wanted to be by himself. He went to the mountain to pray. He took a boat and, and, and went across the, uh, the Sea of Galilee to a, to a place near the mountain where he began to pray but people found out. So what they found out is they all went there. And so, you know, he couldn't get, he couldn't escape. And there was such a huge crowd there, which later on we find out how many, 5,000 men, not counting women and children. 
So there they are, and they're looking for healing. So there it is, he's healing, taking care of them. And then spends the whole day, and they're hungry, they have no food, there's no McDonald's, as Father Anthony would say. There's no McDonald's nearby or wherever, so there's no food. And, and so the disciples, with common sense, say, look, Lord, you gotta send him out. It's getting dark, it's getting, you know, there was also no street lights, so it was dark, it was really dark, there's no moon, it was super dark, you couldn't even walk. So, so he says, you gotta send him out. You know, the day is drawing near, so you gotta send him out because you can't keep him here hungry. You know, the children will start crying and because there's plenty of children there as well. So, so it looks like it was husband and wife and children were brought there because they didn't wanna leave children alone. So they're all there. And so Jesus says, you take care of him. He says, well, we only have five loaves. There's nothing more to fish what we can do. Such a huge crowd. And yet they listen to the command of the Son of God. They listened and he was able to, to make up what they lacked. And so there where they have, they were all fed and there were still 12 baskets left over of, of, of food. Is it, how is it possible? Because it is the Son of God whose mission is to have mercy on us, to heal, to take care of us. That is his mission, to allow ourselves to be taken care of by God himself. But then we have another one, Jesus, after this event, he still wanted to pray more. So he says, look, you go, you take a boat and just go, go, go to the, uh, you know, back to Galilee. And so they take a boat and not exactly easy rowing, but strong wind, you know what takes place. So they can't, even though they're already several miles offshore. And so now Jesus is spending time in prayer. During the night, they're struggling. Some say it could have been maybe more than 12 hours, they're rowing very hard, wind, storm, not good. And they can't move, it's dark, night. And so what happens is there's, they're struggling. And so what happens is all of a sudden they see some form of a light, some phosphorus light coming to them. They're frightened. And the scripture says, they're in fear, they cry, which means, yeah, they're grown men, but in the middle of a boat of night storm, and you see some ghost character. I mean, you know, uh, they use the word ghost, but, but you know, there's always people believe in superstitions too. Maybe this, you know, the spirit of, of storm is trying to destroy him. They do not know. And so they're, they're, they're frightened. There's a fear, filled with fear. And, and, uh, and, and so what happens is this, they hear a voice right in the middle of that storm. Take courage, it is I, or in, in Greek could be, uh, which means ego I me, which means I am. This is the word that God has revealed himself to Moses. I am. I know the translation says it is me, but actually it is the word I am. Remember what happened when Moses during the desert, also burning bush. And this is when God said, I am. I am, that means God is with us. God is there, just like for Moses, he says, I have seen the people suffering from the Egyptians, how difficult it was for them. Here it is, I have seen you, I am here in the midst of your storm. I am here, I am here for you. 
I am. Do not be afraid, take courage, I am. We see Peter responding quickly. So, if it is you, then you have to command me to come to you. Peter, is, <laughs> he believes and doesn't believe. You know, this belief and lacks faith. But he's got the courage to say, okay, if it is you, tell me to come. And, and you know, it's kind of interesting. He could have said, well, quickly, get, Lord, get here, because we're, you know, see what's going on. No, but he says, you know, in, in that impetuous way, Peter was, was always kind of saying some things that he shouldn't be saying. But at a, and so Jesus says to him, challenges him, come, you come. And what we watch, as long as Peter trusted in Jesus, as he was looking at him, he was able to do the impossible. And then he, he realized, am I crazy? What's going on? I mean, this is not possible for me. And then he begins to sink because lack of trust, lack of reliance on God. How many of us going through a storm of life? And there's plenty of storms. Each of us has to go sooner or later. Sometimes it seems like impossible to resolve. Impossible. Everything you try seems to be a dead end or trap or something that gets worse. Every time you try to do something, it gets worse. Um, this is when... The Lord is asking us today, it's within a storm itself, Jesus comes. And he's the one who seems like he doesn't seem to be fixing because he looks like a ghost. It doesn't seem like Jesus. It doesn't seem like God entering. It seems like even worse situation is about to happen. And yet within the storm, Jesus comes. Within the storms, within the difficulties, Jesus comes. And he's the one who says, I am. Ego, Amy, I am. I am the Lord, your God. I have seen your affliction. I will help you. I'll assist you. He didn't remove everything from the Egyptians. You know, Moses still had to struggle with, with Pharaohs. And ultimately, we see that between the human and divine power, he's able to obtain. And for us, too, he will give us the grace. But he will give us the grace because we were with him. We're with him. And, and if we begin to sink because of lack of faith, just like Peter says, you gotta save me, I'm drowning. This is crazy. I'm not able to do it alone. I can't do it anymore. And Jesus stretches out his hand and catches him, holds him. The only thing that the Lord says to him is yes, he saves him. He says, why? Why are so little faith? He had faith but it was in, in not enough faith. And so the invitation is to not only Peter, but to all of us. Can we place our greater confidence in God, even if it seems like it's not complete, but at least we, we have to cry out to him, you've got to have me, give me your hand, you've got to hold me because I can't. I spoke to many, many people in my life whereby you know, if you have difficulty, if you have difficulty and you have to go someplace where it's actually very difficult because of relationship, broken relationships or, or, or things which produce fear, I said, why don't you take the Lord by his hand and walk with him to your place where it is so you don't feel alone. Take him with you. He's, he will take you. He will walk with you. Take him to where the places are which are most difficult and which are so complex 
Bring him with you. Bless, take out Blessed Mother. Walk with her. And you know he will be there with you. You will not feel abandoned. You have the strength to do address the issues, even if they are quite difficult. And you know, and the Lord says here to us, you know, uh, even though you may not have full faith, but I will be there for you. I'll extend a hand to you. And then all of a sudden, the difficulties that seem to be so mountained, you know, so, so, so difficult for them, the boat all of a sudden, when Jesus enters their boat, all of a sudden, they're at the shore. Seems like the conflict, the difficulty were, were, were able to be so overcome with his presence. And so they are back at the shore. But the response of Peter and others, very simple. Truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. Do we know that it's not just God's word with us? It's not the Holy Spirit that is with us? Because Holy Spirit is given to all those who pray. Holy Spirit will be given God. Jesus says that, you know, whoever prays the gift of the Holy Spirit will be given, even if we don't receive the grace we're asking for, the gift of the Holy Spirit will be ours by, by prayer. And so we have this, we have that, we have word of God, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, but also we have the Eucharist. Can we be alone when we go to mass and come back? Can we be alone? Do you think that the Lord just disappeared on us? Isn't he in our hearts? Isn't he within us? I think that if we take, take the, uh, our faith seriously, we have to take the consequences of our faith seriously as well. The consequences, the consequences of the truth of Jesus within us. So this is the invitation today. We are asked not to be afraid, knowing that the consequences of sin are there and they will be there that we have to carry the, 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 you know, the, the wounds from sin. But we know that there's a healing power of God, there's his mercy and love. And in Jesus, we have the one who will never abandon us in any form of storms, any form of difficulties, even amidst the great temptations of sin or a lack of faith, the Lord will be there. But we do have to ask him, you know, be with me, come walk with me. Uh, I do place my confidence in you. And, and I know God will provide the grace because he's true. God is true to his word. And Jesus is the truth itself. He cannot in any way mislead us. God cannot mislead us. God is always there, will always be there. But the only thing is we always have to say, like Peter, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. And in that expression, help my unbelief, is a prayer. Is a prayer that the Lord will strengthen our, our acceptance of the grace, acceptance of his will, acceptance of his life, a life that will not end, but will continue in that fullness of joy in his kingdom. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit 
micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.